0: Hello and welcome to another Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan hosting here once again alongside uh, my two trusty steeds now, it seems to be. Uh, third week on the dance we've been together. Uh, James Whalen and uh, Alex Richards. Uh, we come uh, to you at the end of another Champions League week. Uh, the English teams seem to have finally worked out how to win in Europe again. It's been a, it's been a few years since you know English teams have been dominant um, in Europe. Um, this is kind of refreshing, isn't
1: it? It's been a good week for them. Some really good wins. Um, Chelsea, in particular, the standout, winning at Atletico Madrid. Um, last minute winner from Batshuayi again. That guy knows how to get a crucial goal. Um, Man United, I was really impressed with. Another four goals for them in Moscow. Um, very surprising, I thought, how easy they made that look. Um, at odds with Liverpool the night before, who probably could have scored four and ended up walking away with a one-all draw. Another good week for them.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned Chelsea, um, he's a great winner at Atletico. Um, first of all, what must Diego Costa be thinking? There was a great shot of him in the stands um, kind of shortly after the goal and he looked utterly dejected. I mean, just a, a great shot, wasn't it?
2: It was, yeah, and you know, I think... Uh... Looking at him, sat in the stands up there, he was obviously uh, very disappointed. I mean, I'm not sure he's <laughs> regretting his decision or anything like that. His days were definitely done at Chelsea, but uh, yeah, as Alex touched on, what a what a magnificent win for them! Um, they've they've had a really solid start to the season. You know, if you think they obviously lost on the opening day, but I think circumstances transpired against them in that game, and uh, since then they've they've come back brilliantly. Um, Drop points against Arsenal, which they would have been disappointed with, but um, to especially having gone a goal down to come back in that game um, in Madrid and take all three points is um, a huge testament to the character of that team and a huge testament to Antonio Conte as well. And mm. um, the way that you know their heads didn't drop; they kept plugging away. Wonderful header from Morata who. Um, who's been an absolute revelation since arriving in England, and uh, yeah, Batschwaye. He only seems to score big goals. You know, he's, he's definitely worth his salt.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting substitution from Conte on about 80 minutes, where he actually took off Morata at one all and put Batschwaye on there. Uh, a, a, a lot of faith in Batschwaye, uh, considering that Batschwaye barely got a game last season. That
1: but he also took off Hazard at the same time, um, and Morata and Hazard had been absolutely brilliant all evening. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Atletico Madrid's defence look that uncomfortable. Um, Even against the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona, when they settle in and they have to defend, they really couldn't get to grips with Murata. His movement in behind, he kept spinning around Godin. um, And as our first game back of him starting, um, he was really on top of his game. He looked like he... Wanted to show that he was the main man now That this is his team That he's ready to lead this team He was absolutely brilliant
0: Was it the sort of performance from Chelsea Do we think that actually can Win a major European trophy Like the Champions League Because at the end of the day They've they've done that against one of the Top teams in the competition Can Chelsea go all the way in the Champions League
1: I think
2: I mean they're ruthless aren't they They're one of those teams that um real madrid and barcelona uh who you know i think we'd probably agree are the two teams who would front the bets in for example to to win the whole tournament they wouldn't uh they wouldn't relish going to stamford bridge i don't think um chelsea they they've just they've got that sternness about them um they they're difficult to beat uh and you know up, up the other end they're, they're capable of scoring goals as we've seen so uh you know out of all the english teams They're probably the most impressive, I think, in Europe so far this season
1: For my money, when when it gets to the last eight, the knockout rounds And if I had to pick an English team to play against one of the big guys from elsewhere And get a result, I think Chelsea would be the one Because as you say, they are stern, they're stubborn, they can dig in They've got Kante and Bakayoko in midfield, do so much work Um, They know how to dig out a result even when they're not playing at their best Last night, don't get me wrong, they were excellent The team performance was really good but I think when they aren't at their best they can still dig out a result.
0: Uh, Chelsea are 16 to 1 as it stands to go all the way and win the Champions League. Atletico obviously who they beat are down to twenty fives. Uh, that is a drop from uh, where they started the season. Uh, with Chelsea though, do they have the strength and depth to go all the way? Surely you need a bigger squad than what he's got because he still has a lot of young players um in that team or or does or does that not really matter?
1: I think he's got options. I get the point about there are some younger players there but he has got options he's got a lot of young players with good experience like Batshuayi. um Andres Christensen came off the bench last night he's had two really good years playing in the Bundesliga and he's a Danish international as well um, so they have got players that he can bring in and when they're needed You know, um, his back three last night was the back three that we are used to seeing as Bilicuayi Cahill-Louise but he's got Christensen he's got um, Rudiger who's, again, a German international. So he's got options there in midfield. He's got Kante, Bakayoko, Fabregas, uh, eventually Danny Drinkwater. Um, right right wing-back, Moses and Zapacosta. On the left, he's got Alonso. He hasn't really got what you would term an a- actual backup for him. Aspilicueta can do it, but he doesn't really bring the same oomph going forwards. Um, and then in the attacking role behind Murata, he's got Hazard, Willian, Pedro, Fabregas as well, as he played there last night. Up front he's got Morata Who is his number one And he's got Batshuayi Who is His super sub Basically Um, I think that's the one position If Morata gets injured Can Batshuayi Carry the load himself Um, So that would be the worry But I think strength in depth wise I think Chelsea Have enough about them To go deep in this competition uh, another team who
0: will be looking to go uh, deep in the Champions League uh, from the Premier League is Manchester United who I mean as you've already mentioned were pretty emphatic uh, at CSK uh, last night uh, 3-0 up in the very early stages and what should have been you know a real difficult away game, uh, Romelu Lukaku another two goals he's been an absolute revelation hasn't he
2: Yeah I think I think the best compliment I could probably pay Manchester United is um <coughs> They're, they're back to their Annoying self You know what I mean Under Fergie When they choose to win Every week And it just got boring And I, fe- I feel like They're getting back there
0: Yeah I, I've kind of Got to the stage where I hate Manchester United yeah. I, I,
1: I, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's got, got he's, back to that He's going to get Some
2: more of them emails
1: <laughs> I think, I, I think uh, Frank Lampard Made a good point I think it's Frank Lampard Made a good point That you're now Back to the stage Where you're looking at Man United in the dressing room And when you come into the tunnel And you're looking across at them And you're thinking Oh We're going for a game today They look big and strong And Talented, and a team that look set to win things again.
2: And in Lukaku, uh, they've got um, a striker banging form. You would have to say he's one of the best front men in the world at the minute. Uh, ten goals in just nine games since arriving from Everton. Um, I thought his, his second goal last night told you a lot about um, the confidence he's playing with. First goal, great header. You know he's, he's done well, but the second goal. Um, He's, he's anticipated the error from, from the defender. Uh, there's so many strikers in that situation would have been caught on the toes. Um, it's a simple ball to deal with for the centre-half. He's completely fluffed his lines. And um, Lukaku's anticipated it and he's got a tap-in. The centre-half partner for uh, the lad who's missed it is nowhere to be seen. And, um, yeah, another wonderful performance from him. Another wonderful performance from Manchester United. Look, it's a game they should be winning, but it's never easy to go over to Russia... Uh, and win And to win so emphatically Is a, a wonderful sign
0: uh, With Lukaku Roy Keane said uh, Last night That £75 million Was a bargain A, a bargain At £75 million Now we, we, I think we're probably You know A good, good few years Before £75 million Get classed as a bargain But Is there a case to say That that is Seriously good value for I completely the money?
1: get his point um, For me Romelu Lukaku Has improved Since going there And not just Slightly improved um, you alluded to his second goal last night I was more impressed with his first um, When he was at Everton He didn't really throw his weight around in the penalty area in that way You rarely saw him leaping above defenders And beating them in the air, dominating them in that way That goal last night, he did similar against West Ham He's now jumping above defenders, getting on top of them and getting his head on things He's not just scoring headers and tappings when he's free in the box Moving defenders aside to get those goals as well. Now he's really, really coming on. Um, you, we, we mentioned, though,
0: Manchester United are kind of back to almost their ugly selves. The, the the way that you know sort of team that you don't want to play against. But you mentioned that Chelsea were probably the team you'd fancy to get a result against one of the you know the top top teams in Europe in a lot stages. This United team, as good as they are, can they beat Real Madrid right now?
1: I think the Super Cup showed they've got a way to go. Um, The Super Cup showed that Real Madrid are still very much head and shoulders above them, um, as Real Madrid are above pretty much everyone at the moment. Um, I think United, for me, what happens when Lukaku goes through the inevitable bad patch which all strikers go through, when he has four, five, six games and doesn't score? Well, I think uh, United fans will certainly be hoping that
2: happens around Christmas or New Year when they have Zlatan Ibrahimovic to fall back on which is you know something for United fans to
0: be very excited about I think so they say manchester united 12 to 1 with the bookmakers Just at the completely moment. killed my point there james thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah as I say manchester united 12 to 1 to win uh, the champions league uh, only one english team uh, ahead of them which is of course manchester city uh, 10 1 manchester city trust above united in kind of the betting for pretty much everything there was one premier league team which let the side down uh, This uh, week And that was Liverpool And we said the exact same thing A couple of weeks ago When they couldn't beat Sevilla At home They've now failed to beat Sparta at Moscow Um, Disappointing for Liverpool As tough as A trip to Moscow is You'd expect them to beat Sparta
1: Disappointing in terms of the result I don't think in terms of the performance To be quite honest Um, I think if Sergio Aguero Harry Kane Romelu Lukaku Alvaro Morata Is playing centre forward for Liverpool On Tuesday night they win that game comfortably I thought they were much of a better side they created the chances to win enough to win 2-3 games but
2: how many times have we said that already this season it's
1: the same old story creating chances isn't Liverpool's problem it's sticking it in the back of the net that is true um, and defensively they weren't that bad either yeah. you know they got done by a brilliant free kick um, I didn't see a lot wrong with Liverpool the other night I think they looked quite good uh,
0: Philip Coutinho back on the score sheet once again uh, we can now I assume completely Forget about this. Uh, he wants to leave mentality. Well, until, until next summer. Yeah, look, he,
2: he. I don't. I don't think he wants to leave any less now than he probably did a couple of weeks ago. But I think he fully realizes unless he gets his head down, um, he's not. He's not going to get that move. And uh, the best way to to force it is to prove how good he is. And especially in a World Cup year, this isn't a year that players who want to leave their clubs can afford to down tools the likes of Sanchez, Coutinho, etc.
0: Um. Interesting with uh, Group E. Uh, Sevilla are evens to top the group. Liverpool and they just perhaps still six to five uh, with the bookmakers. Um, do we fancy Liverpool to turn this round and actually win the group? Because we know how much of a benefit in the Champions League it is to
1: finish on top of your group. It's going to be a straight battle with them, and Sevilla. I would think now. Uh, I think there's
2: every chance to be honest. I think the thing is when you're drawing games in the Champions League, you're taking points off the teams you're drawing against as well. So um, you know, while you're only gaining a point, you're effectively taking two off the others. So they still have a chance. Look, that's not a strong group. They should win that group, and if they don't, they'll be very disappointed. Back-to-back
1: games with Maribor. Now you'd expect them to take six points from there. Then they go to Seville. They're very capable of winning there. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Away from the English teams uh, involved in the Champions League, there was uh, a massive game. uh, Two of the heavyweights of current European football in Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich. It turned out to be the last game uh, in charge for Carlo Ancelotti at Bayern after PSG's uh, pretty emph- emphatic 3-0 victory. Um, Alex, I'll, I'll come to you with this one. Uh, Ancelotti, is it the right decision this early in the season to, for, for Bayern to
1: to change the manager? I think it's an interesting decision. Whether it's right will only be proven come the end of the season with how they react to replacing him. Um They were pretty awful for much of the night in Paris, I thought. Um, Don't get me wrong, they missed a few chances. um, But whenever PSG went forward, they looked like scoring. There was a time in the first half, after Dani Alves' early goal, there was a time when it was closer to being 1-1 than 2-0. But from the moment Cavani scored and made it 2, PSG then picked them off on the counter-attack. It could have been 5 or 6. I think Ancelotti made some very... Strange decisions uh, Left Mats Hummels on the bench World Cup winner Seemingly wanting wanted a bit of extra pace at the back With Nicholas Schuler and Javi Martinez But you're taking out your main man Your number one defender Your leader To get that he backfired um, He left Ian Robin and Frank Ribéry Two players who, okay, they're now mid-30s They are still two game changers for Bayern they were two go-to guys Other than Robert Lewandowski um, He instead played Thomas Muller And James Rodriguez Neither had good games. Müller um, was guilty of missing a really good chance in the first half. They were very disappointing, um, but it's been typical of Bayern displays this season. And going back under Ancelotti, performances haven't been there. Um, they let two got two lead two goal lead slip last week in the Bundesliga and drew two two. Lost at Hoffenheim. Um, things haven't been right there for a while, and I think gradually. For the last 8-9 months The board have realised that And the murmurings have been That the board have increasingly looked Towards Ancelotti's contract He had a three year deal That they wanted to end it at the end of the season Because pretty much They want Julian Nagelsmann in To replace him um, I don't think they can get that now They probably will have to wait to the end of the season So it looks like someone At the moment Willie Sanyal gets it on an interim basis Until then
0: um, as disappointed as Bayern were in the main, Paris St. germain were pretty good. Uh Neymar and Cavani look to have properly hugged and well they they literally have hugged about five times through the night. <laughs> it was a hug it's,
1: hug for the cameras, yeah, yeah, this one.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um they they look like a great front line, don't they? Neymar, Mbappe, and uh and Cavani uh,
2: It's the uh M C N, I think they're calling it, rather than the M S N that was at, at Barcelona. Uh, yeah, they look phenomenal. I think um and back last night, um, he was he was exceptional. You know, I think there was everyone knew how good that the kid is and how good he's going to be. But it was that sort of question of how quickly will he settle at PSG? Uh, will he hit the ground running? He's still a very young player, and in just a few games, I think he's already um, he's already exercised those worries. I think the way he's settled in in that front line with two bona fide superstars alongside him, you know, he's. Um, he's shown he's he's rightly in that class And um, yeah, PSG have to be serious
1: contenders To win the whole thing He went off to a standing ovation Last night when he was substituted um, He actually turned around Because I don't think he actually wanted to go off He was having that that much of a good time out there uh, For the third goal He absolutely embarrassed David Alaba Who should His defending was pathetic Turning his back And he just rolls the ball under the sole of his foot And then bursts past him Um he also made Cavani's goal with a good run and then a really intelligent layoff. He looks world class already. World class. Uh,
0: Paris Saint-Germain are the second favourites uh, as it stands to win uh, the Champions League. Five to one, yeah, you can get on them. Um, do you think there's enough strength in depth? I was I was especially impressed with them defensively uh, last night when they were under a load of pressure from Bayern after going one nil up. Um, they dealt with it really well and Bayern. Well, they had chances You never actually felt like they were going to score
1: um, Is it the complete package at PSG? I think their first eleven will give anyone a game Or more than give anyone a game um, Then you go down the roster maybe And, OK, you've got the front three You've got Angel Di Maria and Julian Draxler Who can both come in um, In midfield, it's a trio of Verratti, Thiago Motta, And Adrian Rabio at the moment they sold Matuidi to Juventus, so do they really have the guys who, if Motta can't play because of injury or suspension, do they have the guy that can sit in for him? Um, at the back, they've got Thiago Silva and Marquinhos. Young um, Kimpembe, his third choice. Is he really ready for those big, big nights when one of those is absent? Kimpembe played in the hammering at Barcelona last year. So you do question when, as you say, when some of those defensive figures are pulled out, are the replacements good enough?
0: Fair enough. Uh, the only team uh, at shorter odds than PSG to win the Champions League are Real Madrid at 4-1. to one. Uh, Real uh, maybe silenced a few deltas uh, with their result um, against Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund, uh, Dortmund away especially should have been a really, really tough game, um, but they were completely dominant, weren't they?
1: If you're doubting Real Madrid in September, then you need to take a look at yourself. You don't get trophies in September. The big trophies are given out in May, June, and that's when Real Madrid will be there or thereabouts, as they always are.
0: So, uh, this performance against Dortmund, it was what uh, was it? The complete performance? Is it the Real like, of old? Is it what we expect to see from Real they more were, so than what we they have were been seeing?
2: Completely dominant, I think. You know, um, Gareth Bale um, seems to be back to his best. Wonderful goal, A great um, finish, yeah. Side foot volley controlled it brilliantly into the top corner, and then um, Cristiano Ronaldo, who had had a, a two-game goal-scoring drought <laughs> that, had, uh, that had that had made everyone a little bit worried, and um, since his five-match ban, but um, you know he, he showed how good he still is. You know he's still one of the two premier players in world football. and um, took his goals very well. All round performance was excellent. Um, yeah, they were they were ruthless. They were dynamic. Um, they were far better than Dortmund on the night. And as Alex said, you know, rest assured they will be close to winning if not winning the Champions League this season.
0: Uh, it's maybe slightly worrying for Dortmund uh, now. They sit on zero points um, after two games. Obviously, they have played Tottenham. They've played Real Madrid. They've played the two which. Um, are going to be tough games and you'd expect them to get six points against Apple Nicosia, uh, in Nicosia from the next two but um, yeah, worrying for Dortmund that they're going to drop out of the Champions League at the group stages
1: Well, they need a big helping hand from Real Madrid now I would think um, they need Madrid to do the double over Spurs in the next two games um, and then they host Spurs so it's all going to come down to that I think
0: fair enough Uh Right, we'll uh, have a look now at the Premier League uh, coming up this, uh, this weekend and there is one very especially big game on Saturday evening as uh, the current leaders, Manchester City, uh, travelled to uh, a team we've already spoken uh, a fair deal about uh, already today in Chelsea. Uh, Manchester City, um, midweek in the Champions League, they weren't as convinced as maybe they have been uh, in the Premier League but they still look dominant. City will they I mean can they produce the same sort of performance against Chelsea do we think
2: Um, I think with City in midweek it was one of those time was going on they still hadn't scored but I was personally never in doubt the goal was going to come which must be a wonderful feeling to have uh, as a Manchester City fan watching them thinking yeah you know, we're going to score it's gonna happen, and uh, when the goal did come, and then they've obviously gone and got another in and won the game quite comfortably. But um, yeah, you know, obviously a much tougher game at Chelsea. Um, their defence will be tested a lot more at Stamford Bridge than it was in midweek. Um, yeah, I think already it's um, it's a title six pointer. You know, I think there's three teams in the running to win the Premier League, and, and these are two of them.
0: Uh, Raheem Sterling got on the score sheet midweek as well, as he's done in numerous times already this season. Um, he's still is getting a fair bit of criticism I've seen on social media. Is it not time that we we start giving Raheem Sterling some credit for for what
1: he's doing? He's improving very fast again. He's really stepping his game up once more. Um, We alluded with the Bayern conversation earlier that Ancelotti and the big problem he's had is he went in after Pep and the thing under Pep at Bayern was he improved every player. Ancelotti has struggled to replicate that. You can't really think of one that he's improved. Uh, Pep at City has... Leroy Sané has improved immeasurably. Raheem Sterling the same. And he's now adding a more clinical edge to his game. He's getting in the box. He's scoring goals. He's causing havoc in opposing defences. He's doing his bits on the ball, but off the ball, he's getting in positions now. And I think he deserves a lot of credit himself. As well as Guardiola does for the way he's handling him, but Sterling deserves a lot of credit for showing the intelligence to improve, and to go out and to put the finishing touches on things.
0: Yeah. Uh, City also quite impressive defensively as well, something you've not been able to say about City very much over the past few years. Uh, John Stones and Nicolas Otamendi, as much as they've had doubters as well, uh, they've been superb as well, haven't
2: they? I think Otamendi especially has impressed me this season. He's um, one of those with, when he played alongside Company, uh, he looked all right, but whenever Company was out, which, as we all know, has been far too... Uh, often an occurrence in the last couple of years, he, the guy looked like an absolute car crash. But I think this season he's um, he's really stepped up. You know, he is the senior player in that partnership with John Stones, and and he's looked every inch the senior player. Uh, Stones looks comfortable alongside him. Another player that um, I'd put in that bracket of of having improved, um, especially even just since the start of this season, um, looks a lot more assured. And um, yeah, you know they they are they are better defensively, um, but. I still think Chelsea would be pretty confident of breaching them.
1: I think the, I think both of them like to have company and his assurance beside them, yeah. that extra leadership that he brings. But with him unavailable, I think they're both now more willing to step into it and to really take charge and to show that bit more personality. Uh,
0: from a betting perspective, uh, the bookmakers can't call this one: uh, fifteen to eight on a, a Chelsea win, eight to five on a Manchester City win, twenty-seven to ten on the draw. Um, just quickly, who, who do you fancy to take this one? For me,
1: Chelsea. I think the result in midweek is going to give them a real boost. Eden Hazard's back and, as as I said earlier, he looks like he really wants to prove himself as the main man. Um, and I think they just have that little bit more... I think can trust them that little bit more than City. City have been scoring goals and been absolutely phenomenal in the early part of the season. But I think you can trust Chelsea that they can grind out a game or they have the attacking quality to go and take apart a defence. So for me, I think Chelsea just edge it. Uh, I am perched very much on the fence. Draw.
0: <laughs> it was quite it was quite entertaining watching both of your faces when I, when I asked that question <laughs> of just... The, Kind of the pain of having to decide between those two teams, but no, an enthralling match-up match-up to come. Uh, the Premier League weekend starts with Huddersfield against Tottenham. Tottenham are making steady progress in the league. They're staying pace with everyone. Again, it, I mean, I don't want to have another conversation about Harry Kane because we, you know, it seems to be all we talk about with Spurs. But another great performance midweek. Um, what would Spurs do if he got injured? If Harry Kane wasn't there? Would they be title challengers still?
1: Probably pull similar faces to what we just pulled When yeah. asked us to separate Chelsea and <laughs> Manchester City um, Let's be honest, Fernando Llorente If Harry Kane does get injured Fernando Llorente is no replacement for him Harry Kane is Absolutely phenomenal right now um, Thankfully for Mauricio Pochettino That's not something he's got to deal with At this moment in time He's got Kane fit, he's got him firing um, He'll have Deli Alley and Christian Eriksen back This weekend as well for that little bit of extra creativity which they were missing in midweek. So expect more goals from Spurs and from Harry Kane. Do we see any weaknesses in Spurs because
0: while they are title contenders, we don't we still don't have them in that kind of elite bracket maybe alongside City United and Chelsea at the moment. What what is it that doesn't put Spurs their in f- and amongst them? Their
2: first 11 is brilliant. I think it's when when you go into the depth of their squad that um, you start seeing a few more a few more cracks. And of course, the other thing is again, you know, we say we harp on about Hurricane a lot. We also harp on about Wembley a lot. And you know, that's so far this season in the Premier League's been their downfall. If they'd have won the home games, they'd be top. So you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I mean, their, their first eleven's brilliant. I think even their performance in midweek I thought was especially impressive, given that they didn't have Ali and Ericsson and they still managed to carve out three opportunities for Harry Kane and Harry Kane being Harry Kane all three hit the back of the net um, not only a hat-trick, a perfect hat-trick uh, quite a um, you know, quite not, not an often occurrence and one that should be rightly lauded. I think
1: I think for me, the, the thing other than Wembley um, in terms of a personnel point of view is they don't have an Eden Hazard or somebody who can go at a defender Embarrass a defender And open up the game For other players Just by beating a man I don't think they have someone That has that pace And that ability To go past people Eriksen's a brilliant footballer Brilliant creator But he likes to come to the ball And then play from there Deli Ali, Really good Moving off the ball Going in behind Getting on the end of things Um, They miss that World class talent Like Hazard Like a Neymar Or a Messi Someone who can go And beat a man On his own And then Create the opportunity from there either taking it yourself or teeing up a teammate um, but that of course is what you pay for. it costs big money, big wages. Daniel Levy has them under a very strict wage cap. they're never going to buy that. Uh,
0: Tottenham nine to four on uh, to win away at Huddersfield uh, Huddersfield best odds available at the moment 35 to four uh, for them to pick up the victory um I, I, I don't even know what that
2: <laughs> that's not nine to one.
0: Just yeah. a, just under nine yeah. to one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm am just, just reading what's in front of me. They're the best odds available <laughs> right now for a Huddersfield win. Um, I assume none of us will be backing uh, Huddersfield to get uh, anyth- I mean anything at
1: all from that game. I think Spurs. their life form has been excellent. Viral um, free up at West Ham before kind of switching off with ten men last week for a bit and it got a bit, s- Harem and scare towards the end. Um, I think Spurs go there and win. Yeah, Tottenham for me
0: on it indeed Manchester United uh, have a a second Saturday 3pm kickoff on the bounce doesn't happen very often for Manchester United they host Crystal Palace Uh, we've spoken about United so we'll mention Palace still not scored linked with the saviour Carlton Cole Uh, so that I mean come on they're going to need a bit more than Carlton Cole to uh, end their woes aren't
2: they Uh, yeah I think that's fair to say look I mean it's the worst starting Premier League history. I think it's the worst flying, uh, worst starting top flight history in terms of the number of games without finding the back of the net. Um, you don't want to relegate teams. In I don't, September, think, don't think any
1: other team has ever started in the football league. Full stop. That's
2: yeah. bad. So I so say you, you don't want to relegate teams in September, but it seems like a hell of a long way back for Crystal Palace already. As you say, they go to Old Trafford at the weekend. I mean, you can't see anything other than a Manchester United win. Maybe Palace get that goal. Maybe they do, but you know, you can't you can't see them um, you can't see him coming away from there with anything. And then they play Chelsea next week, so uh, so after the international break, rather. So it's uh, it's not getting any easier.
0: It'll be interesting, obviously, if uh, Palace lose to United, don't score. They play Chelsea, don't score. Um, Roy Hodgson's had his four games. Is, 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 is he out the door there? Is he out the door after that? Or, I mean, I know it's a real tough run of fixtures But I uh, wouldn't like to be a Palace fan now, would you? It's
1: been a nightmare for them Let's let's be frank It's an absolute nightmare start you, They've probably got a 0.5% chance of coming away with a 0-0 at the weekend Baxter the wall They're not going to score, are they? No Christian Benteke <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sorry Palace fans just really bad at the moment
0: yeah, um, Crystal Palace still—I mean, quite obviously—the favourites uh, to be relegated uh, from the Premier League at eleven to eight on. Um, so I still think that's quite—I know I'm that's I, quite long, really. I—I'm I, looking at it and thinking, might be worth grabbing it while you can. They should be two
2: to one on minimum for the drop, having not scored a goal in six games.
0: In my opinion, <laughs> other teams uh, in that mix uh, for relegation: Brighton thirteen for eight, Huddersfield seven to four, uh, Swansea fifteen uh, to eight, Bournemouth two to one, Burnley three to one, and so on. Uh, still, obviously, quite open at this, this very early stage of the season. Mentioned Brighton there; they go to Arsenal on Sunday. Uh, Arsenal, who will be returning back from a uh, long trip to Belarus, um, Arsenal have picked up a bit. They look right. Lacazette two goals on Monday night it must uh, be a massive, you know, confidence boost for Arsenal. Um, is is there any sign do we think that Arsenal can now really challenge back for the top four? Because they looked a, a million miles off about uh, about three weeks ago, didn't they?
1: If they can challenge for the top four, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't think they'll challenge for the title um, for issues that are long standing. Um, against West Brom on Monday night Lacazette got his two goals they won the game a little bit fortunate not to have a penalty given against them uh, for foul on Jay Rodriguez he was too honest he should have gone down should have stayed down um, he on another night could have had a hatchery he really looked like the Jay Rodriguez pre-injury in 2014 when he was at Southampton um, but Arsenal this is a home win isn't it this is the sort of game where Arsenal usually turn up and Win two one two nil, you'd think.
0: Uh, there's been a lot of discussion, kind of over the past week, about uh, kind of which Premier League striker I think is the the, 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 uh, the debate as such has been done to death. Would you have Murata, Kane, Aguero, or Lukaku? <laughs> um, Lacazette, with his form at Leon, you'd have thought he'd be in that bracket, you know, in in that conversation. Do we think he's going to pick up his form, and you know, and he will be able, you know, be considered? Among that group of
1: uh, elite strikers He needs to start scoring goals away from home To begin with He hasn't scored away from the Emirates yet um, And I think that's the, the worry with him Whereas the others seemingly score are capable of scoring goals out of nothing I do think he has to score when his side are playing well And when they're on top He doesn't, he doesn't strike me as being
2: as ruthless as does that quartet that you mentioned there, um, exceptional footballer, very good footballer, and will score goals without doubt. But um, you know, if 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 the question is, is he in the same bracket as those other four? Uh,
0: for me, the answer is no. See, I, I'm actually quite surprised because when he was at Lyon, he was ruthless. You use the word ruthless. He was ruthless. Is it is it, is, there a, is it something to do with the French league? Is almost. Yeah, you know,
1: softer than the Premier I think League? French League is weaker. Um I also think with Lacazette he scores a lot of penalties to boost up his totals. Um, which penalty taking is a good skill, you know, we saw Aguero yeah. missing midweek yeah. and whatnot. You can't knock a penalty, a goal's a goal, however you get it. Um I just don't think he's he's gotta prove it. We need to see him six months, twelve months, eighteen months, prove it in the Premier League, in Europe. Um will he get Arsenal 20 goals this season I think yes but will he get those goals in bunches when they are completely dominating a game and winning a game 2 or 3-0 or will he be the guy that's scoring that crucial goal in a 1-0 away win or that equaliser away one of the big boys to get a one all draw I think go and go and score a hat-trick against Burnley this weekend
2: you know Brighton Bra- sorry yeah. go and score a hat-trick against Brighton this weekend you know the, the, those, those plays you mentioned Lukaku, Kane, Aguero you know you wouldn't be at all surprised if they go and absolutely ruin brighton at home run riot get themselves a hatful i personally if if like I said, did do that i'd be i'd be quite surprised
0: uh, bookmakers fully expect uh, arsenal to run away with this one um 11 to 3 on uh, to take the win uh, at best odds as it stands uh, brighton 13 to 1 um nobody fancy brighton uh, I don't know, there's a little consideration
1: from you there <laughs> I think they could possibly, if they are resolute enough They could spring a surprise and take a point and I think they, are, they will be well organised defensively um, And they also have a couple of decent players on the counter these days Solly March, Anthony Knockhart, um, Davy Proppers gets up and down in midfield Pascal Gross um, The one big thing for them is set pieces Really good on set pieces. Got some really good players for two center half. Duncan Duffy, both attack set pieces in the opposing box. Um, so that for me is a is a route to goal for them. I could see them nick a point. I don't think they will, but perfectly feasible.
0: Uh, following the Arsenal Brighton game, which is the early game on Sunday, is Everton against Burnley. Everton had this striker problem. They weren't scoring enough goals. And up pops the forgotten man, uh, Umar Nias. Um, what do we think? Is he the man who's going to lead Everton into Europe as you know, as Everton would expect to be or want to be challenging for this season, or uh, are they still majorly lacking?
2: I, I don't think he's a long-term answer, um, but his contribution last week was priceless for Everton, but more priceless for uh, for Ronald Koeman, who was uh, under all kinds of pressure. Um, going into that game, and you know, I think the the atmosphere at Goodison um, was as quiet as as it's ever been. I think I think you know you you, you think about this stadium as one of the most raucous and, and hostile in English football, and um, it was it was as flat as a pancake. And when Bournemouth took the lead, there were discerning voices, there were a few boos, uh, you know, and Cummins I suppose deserves credit for. Bringing Nias out of the cold Throwing him on And getting him two goals It's quite a turnaround It's a wonderful story From the guy who Last year didn't have a locker You know That's how, ca- how Cast adrift Of the first team he was And then um, You know He's a, all of a sudden He's a hero with Evertonians
1: I think I mentioned last week About Dominic Calvert-Lewin Bringing something different To their forward line That was needed Bringing pace And strength And someone that can stretch a team Nias brings that As well And possibly more of a goal threat um, and a little bit more, a little more experience as well. Yeah, having scored the goals he did with Hull
2: last year on loan, um, I think that probably got a bit of confidence into him. Um, he must have had a, a more impressive preseason, given that he has a locker. So um, you know, maybe he is the answer for Everton. Uh,
0: they are coming up against relatively stern opposition in Burnley. Burnley have had a couple of impressive results already uh, on the road this season. Uh, obviously, notably on the opening day. Uh, against Chelsea but they also got a, the draw at Liverpool uh, got a draw, draw at Spurs as well absolutely the last minute equaliser from, from Chris Wood 6-1 uh, a Burnley win at Everton I mean that looks like something that would be worth taking a punt on to me
1: um, Sean Dyche is an excellent manager and Burnley won't be battered in many games they won't be seen off easily by anyone Fully expect them to go there, give a good account of themselves, and be very much in the mix to get something. Absolutely.
0: Okay, uh, also in the Premier League uh, this weekend Bournemouth take on Leicester, uh, West Brom take on Watford, West Ham versus Swansea, Stoke versus Southampton, and uh, to round off the action on Super Sunday before we go to the international break, uh, Newcastle uh, against Liverpool. Uh, I know we've already mentioned Liverpool um, slightly. Um, Is this a must win for Liverpool?
2: It's the Rafa Benitez derby.
0: Yeah, I mean, surely, I mean, you'd, you'd expect them to have to get something against kind of their old hero.
2: Yeah, should be winning the game. Um, I don't know if it's a must win in terms of you know being cut 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 or, or, or drive for their top four hosts or anything like that. But yeah, certainly a game that Liverpool should be winning um, given their firepower.
1: If they play how they did in Moscow, I would think they will get three points.
0: Okay, good. Uh, Little look now towards uh, the championship uh, as we do um, every week uh, to end this podcast. Um, Sheffield Wednesday seems to be the story at the moment. Uh, manager Carlos Carvalho.
1: Sheffield United fans might disagree with you on that, but <laughs> well, Sheffield United. We're, we're... Sheffield's the story at the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sheffield is the story.
1: Um, uh,
0: a thrilling derby uh, last weekend, four-two that Sheffield United uh, won. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, Carlos Carvajal completely loses marbles, <laughs> does something with a £20 note in a in a press
1: conference, which honestly if, was... If you haven't seen it, it's one of the best things you will find.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it is one of the managerial press conference highlights of the season. I, I don't think any manager uh, I don't think could mention I mean, any ostriches or anything. I don't think anyone will beat
1: his little example of whatever he did. I don't think in the history of football, a manager has ever got a £20 note out of his pocket and started punching it before and scrumpling it up. <laughs> completely no, completely bonkers. I think, yeah,
2: you know, it was brilliant. It was all very amusing. But um, you know, to, to take a step back from it, what it what it wasn't was rational behaviour that you want to see from your football manager. Uh, Carlos Carvalho is a man under huge pressure.
1: Well, he um, wants to be
2: under the pressure. He said, "Don't
1: put the pressure on the players. Put yeah, the pressure on yeah, me." That's and right. Seemingly, he can't deal uh, with it either. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I think that is. An argument that is to be had. Um, he after the derby and you know, Wednesday didn't show up in the derby. They were they were out fought. They were out infused. Um, I think a worry that um, Wednesday fans had going into that game was that Chris Wilder he he's a, a died in the wool blade and he knew what it meant to to the people of Sheffield and whether Carvalho did is debatable and and it, and it proved so on the day. Wilder had his had his lads up for it. They they absolutely. Cold Wednesday called early in the game, took an early two 0 lead. Um, but one, the one thing uh, Wednesday needed was a response, and they didn't get it. They've gone to Birmingham and, and they've they've lost one 0 You know they were the better t- they were the better side. But who cares? They didn't put the ball in it. Uh,
0: so I mean, we know you you're very much are on the side of it's time for Carvajal to to leave Wednesday. Do you actually expect him to to leave the club?
2: Uh, it looks like he's going to get the Leeds game. Um, it's a tough game that you know, the, I know Leeds um, got beat at Cardiff in midweek But they're a good side And again they're going to be up for that They're going to be bang up for it uh, Once they've got a match Their their uh, enthusiasm, their tenacity Their intensity from the start And
1: as much as it pains me to say I find it hard to believe at the minute international break coming up straight after as well so if he does lose now's the time yeah 100% Uh,
0: Sheffield Wednesday versus Leeds uh, probably the the game of the weekend uh, from the championship at Sunday lunchtime Uh, we did mention Sheffield United they are in the automatic promotion uh, places now uh, following midweek what an impressive start to the season from them Uh, really impressive in the derby Uh, got a great manager Um, are they good enough to go all the way can they Stay in that mix
1: Or What do we think I think we've seen Teams before um, Get promoted from League 1 And Carry on the momentum And And go up I'm thinking Norwich did it Southampton Southampton as well Um, So it's doable Um, Whether they can continue What they're currently doing Over the course of the season We'll have to wait and see But there's no doubt He's doing an Excellent job there Um, Beat Wednesday at the weekend They beat Wolves on Wednesday night Got a helping hand Connor Cody got sent off After 15 minutes uh, Leon Clark scored twice again um, He's doing a fantastic job there I be honest I thought they would be Happy not to be relegated At the start
2: Yeah, I, I thought they'd be I thought they'd be safe thought they'd be mid-table They, they remind me very much Of Huddersfield last year I, How many times last year I kept saying uh, They'll drop off They'll drop off And they just never did Huddersfield And they've ended up Getting promoted And um I I, kind of feel I kind of feel the same way about Sheffield United I look at their team on paper and I think they probably won't last the course but the way they're playing at the minute there's there's every reason they can I don't think they're going to get top two but I think they will fancy a fancy a go at the top six now I think Uh,
0: Sheffield United are at uh, Nottingham Forest uh, this weekend Forest haven't been the most impressive uh, I I assume we expect uh, United to
1: Forest have lost for last three in a row now um Interestingly, neither team has drawn a game this season. Um, so, get your money on a draw. If you
0: if you want a draw, interestingly, uh, you can actually get over two to one uh, on that one. So, uh, neither team's drawn, but uh, it might be the smart money bet uh, of the weekend. Um, Cardiff sit on top. Neil Warnock doing it again, just as Neil Warnock does. Uh, they're at home to Derby. A uh, bit a bit disappointed with Derby so far.
2: They're hit and miss, aren't they? I think they they have the players and the team to steamroll steamroll teams, and uh, from time to time they do it. But they're nowhere near consistent enough. I do think they've got a good manager in Gary Rowett, but they just there seems to be something a little bit inherent in that club at the minute. Um, you know, they they knock on the door of the top six and don't seem to quite force their way in, and given the the capital that's at their disposal and the players that they've got they really should be
1: well, nine games played three wins three draws three defeats 13 goals scored 13 goals conceded i think
2: that's a very similar record to wednesday as well um, i think the two teams who were punching very much below
0: the weight absolutely uh, cardiff although they sit on top of the championship uh, they are f- still five to one to win the league the favorites remain wolves uh, at three to one alex um, What's your current opinion of Wolves? Do, do you think Wolves are good enough to go all the way, or has kind of the, the indifferent result midweek um,
1: maybe maybe doubted them a little bit? I think there might be some doubts creeping in, but I think midweek was a, one of those games. You get a man sent off early on, you lose to a good team, you miss a penalty. It was one of the, it's just one of those nights you go in, you evaluate it, you throw it in the bin, write it off, and go again. Um, they go to Burton Saturday. Burton with by Villa in midweek. Um, Wolves have got some very talented players there Helder Costa's now back fit Who was played a year last season They'll be there or thereabouts As we've said before It's just a case of Can they stop conceding goals at set pieces And can they score enough goals at the other end The new lad up front Leo Bonatini I think he's got three And he's got maybe three or four assists Is he clinical enough As a number nine Maybe not But there is the scope To improve on their striker situation in January um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts, knocking on the top two. Uh,
0: beyond Wolves and Cardiff, uh, the bookmakers have Leeds, Aston Villa, Middlesbrough, Fulham, Sheffield United, all quite closely bunched uh, in terms of, kind of winning the title, all in and around twelve to one. Is there anybody in that group uh, that you think you know could, could go all the way and win the title that actually you know there's some some decent value
1: there? Middlesbrough have been my pick from the start of the season, and I don't really. See why I should change that Even though they've had a couple of iffy displays um, Villa, Villa Villa are a big movers at the Villa moment Villa are flying um, Huge win uh, against Burton 4-0 I think
2: um, Yeah I think they're, they're the team to watch at the minute they're, uh, They seem to have cracked
1: it Which is worrying for everyone else Not lost in five Playing Bolton at the weekend yeah, that that That's be an absolute gimme yeah, so. Absolutely Right guys uh,
0: Thank you very much uh, once again uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in uh, to this uh, Mirror Football podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Once again, uh, look ahead to the international break. Um, Who doesn't love an international break? I can't wait. I, I can ensure you that we are going to you know, breed a load of enthusiasm into the uh, international break next week or something like that. Uh, so until then, uh, enjoy the weekend's action and uh, stay tuned for the next episode.